Welcome to our Saturday simulcast brought to you by our friends, the Purdue Union Club Hotel and the 11 Bar, and also our friend Mike Carmen, who brings some expertise to the show. You wouldn't watch or listen to the show if we didn't provide some level of expertise. Mike will be talking, we'll talk a little hoops on the front end. Tom Deanart will join us on the back end uh, as Purdue's spring practices come to a close today. And we'll get to his comments as Ryan Walters will be addressing the media as well. Mike, we haven't had a chance to talk in a couple of weeks. Um, some things have happened. Zach Eady made maybe the greatest non-surprise in the world, uh, at least in Purdue sports world, of, of making the decision to dip his toe in the water. want to also talk a little bit about Gene Katie in the Hall of Fame. But just your reaction to that. Is there anything that we're missing there? Is it as simple as we'll find out on May 16th what you know, what happens is it similar to Jawan Johnson, not that he's necessarily guaranteed that he's going to come back or others that have done this over the years. Anything else that we should be thinking about is as, as Zach makes his makes his way in front of some NBA folks. I, I don't think so. I, you know, this is it, it's it's different than when Jawan did it and other people have done it because you have the NIL factor. Yes. Uh, playing playing a role in this and you're going to compare. NIL money to potential professional money, and uh, and not that it should always be about the money, but I think yeah. in this case it probably it probably will be to some extent. And you know the question I've asked some people, and they can't answer it, but it's just like, hey, everything being equal from a money standpoint, what does he do? I mean, does he come back to Purdue or does he does he go to the professional rank? So no one seems to know that answer. Zach would know that answer. Zach's mom might 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 know that answer, but. Um, it, it, no surprise, he, you know, he needs to go through the process. Um, you know, what's he looking to hear? What's the conversations like? Um, I mean, he knows he's seven, four, he knows that's not the NBA game, uh, of today. Uh, there's a lot of things he's fully aware of, but he's also a confident guy and he believes in his skill set. He believes what he can do. Um, and you know, he's just going to let it play out. I, I don't, think a lot of teams are probably going to try to, you know, trick him or fool him or give him false hope. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be honest with him. And uh, if he can get in those, in those meetings and those conversations and uh, kind of see where he stands and what, you know, if, if anything, I, I think he probably, I'd like for him to hear what, what he can do to improve himself going into the next year. If he comes back to Purdue, what, what things does he need to do? And does that fit? with what Matt Painter wants to do with this team. And sometimes those things don't line up all, all the way, but, you know, those would be things that I think Zach would probably need to hear or want to hear from scouts and GMs and all the people in the NBA as far as, you know, what what does he need to do to, to really get on team's radar? And, cause, you know, I, I think the last thing that anybody that follows Purdue wants to see happen is Zach go to the pros, don't get drafted, ends up in the G league and, you know, he's in some far away location and, you know, those guys are not going to throw the ball to him because they're looking to get their own. And right. Um, so personal standpoint and, you know, and, and playing standpoint, you know, it's, I, I still lean that he'll come back because I think that's the best situation for him right now. Uh, but again, He's got to go through the process, figure out what the the dollar figures are on both sides, and and go from there. 
Yeah, I mean, the professional sports, the NBA is not about just throwing money around to make you feel good. Uh, you would think if there was a if he got wind that he was going to get a guaranteed contract, and it, uh, maybe. Um, but yeah, it, I, I agree with you. I, I would tend to lean that way too, without really having any great intel either. That you know, I don't think you know Zach's not out talking about it. I don't think Matt Painter's going to certainly not going to publicly uh, or privately may not even know. I don't think they, anybody knows because not all the factors are in yet. I mean, they don't haven't done what they said they were going to do. Um, you know, you look, you wrote a good story on Cam and Heidi and 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 what that brings, but also just the, there's plenty of time, obviously, to adjust to no matter what happens if Zach decides to go. Uh, but if he does, you know, let's say that, that part of the deal, quote unquote, deal is for him to come back is they want him to spot up a little bit, or he wants to spot up a little bit. That seems to be the convenient thing well let's prove he can shoot it from 15 feet and and maybe that would be enough to get someone to take a flyer on him in the league um you, you know he's such he seems to be and you were on him more than i am such a dynamic you know not, not, not dynamic just a, a good team guy and a guy that kind of wants to do the right thing uh but uh you would think there might be some, might maybe some concessions, for lack of a better word, to, to from a playing style standpoint, that might be able to, if he stays at Purdue, to showcase his game a little bit differently. You agree with that thought process? Yeah, I mean, the fans want him to shoot three pointers. <laughs> I know they do. That's that's not going to happen. I'll tell you that it happens in in these uh, spring workouts. I've been to two yeah. of them, and they run drills, and he's shooting threes just like everybody else. He's doing he's doing the work. Um, but obviously three pointers is not his, his thing. Although if he comes back to Purdue, I, I think they will probably give him an opportunity to shoot one, just to, yeah. to set a new decimal record in, in Mackey <laughs> arena. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, you know, Matt Painter needs to focus on Purdue and what's best yeah. for Purdue, you know, also with trying to help Zach along as much as he can, as long as it, it doesn't stray too far from the basic principles of what Matt has built here with the offense and all that. You don't want to get too crazy as far as bringing Zach out, out of the block, but, you know, it, but if he does that, that, that would help Purdue in some fashion, at least moving the defense and creating a little bit more space. Um, so if you can get some, some dribble drives going off the wing, some other things to break down the defense, then the lane's not as clogged up as, as maybe it, it, it normally is when two or three people are around Zach. So he, he would probably like to expand his game just a little bit. And that in turn would help Purdue's offense in, in some fashion. But, you know, at, at, at the end, you know, Zach is who he is. He's a low post center. His back, he plays with his back to the basket. And that's what he's going to do majority of the time. But again, what what do the pros want to see from him? If they, you know, if they want to see anything, you know, I, yeah. I, I just don't know. And I don't think he knows that. And you're right. We, no one has all the data yet. So you can't sit here and, and try to, and I, and I don't think other than the postseason meetings that Matt has with each player. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Matt has really tackled this subject until all the data is in to, to, to really determine, you know, what, what kind of conversation you need to have. It could be as simple as Zach gets all the data. He comes back. He sits down with Matt. 
And he, and he said, well, yeah, I'm going to stay. And then you don't have a conversation or, you know, I'd really like to go type of thing. And that's, you know, Matt gets a little bit deeper involved in those things. But, um, you know, once all the data gets in, you know, does he go to the combine? Does he play at the combine? Does he just go for evaluations and medical testing? You know, all those things uh, haven't been at least known yet as far as what he'll do. And um, he, he probably needs to get in front of NBA people just to just to do it, uh, just to have that experience. But, you know, those things are going to come in the next month or so. Yeah. Yeah. If Matt Painter is anything, he's a pragmatist. I don't think he's one that <laughs> uh, that is going to spend unnecessary motion on trying to figure out something you can't figure out. I, that would be right. my impression. And it, it sounds like you would concur mm -hmm. on that deal. You know, you were down in Houston and we, and, uh, and just his ability to get, garner all those awards and how he handled that to your sense of that's a lot of attention on him and well-deserved certainly. And he's going to go down. He, if not, he may be on the Mount Rushmore, Purdue basketball <laughs> players in history. I don't know. You can have that argument. He's, He's close. He's at least at the foothills of it. But uh, um, just your sense of what all that meant to him. And and does that present, if you're him, a little bit of uh, what more can I do at this level? But the, does it help them in its own uh, paradoxical or weird way about losing, you know, to FDU? Does it leave him wanting more? I mean, do you have any sense for that? I mean, he obviously couldn't have been happy about how the season ended. No, he wasn't. And, um, you know, it, it'll be a motivating factor for the team, just like yeah. Saint, the St. Saint Peter's loss was uh, going into the next year. But, you know, I, I, I did ask Zach about that, yeah, getting a sense that if uh, the, the loss to FDU was really going to be a motivating factor in the offseason for, for everybody, you know, assuming he came back. And he's like, well, yes, but it can't it can't be the only thing that drives you. You have other things that should drive you to, to be better while it will be in their mind. It won't be at the forefront of their mind. Yes. They want to atone for that at some point. Uh, and they won't have an opportunity to do that for almost a year. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. He, they're not going to create a new award for Zach to win next year. So yeah. if he, if he does the same thing next year that he did this year, then he's, he's going to be right there winning those awards again. You know, I think he's, just, I mean, he's appreciative that people view him that way, but I think people have been around him enough and kind of understand him that he is a team guy. He is a guy that wants to win. He wants the guy, he wants his team to win. He wants to have success. I mean, we saw how happy he was at the Big Ten tournament when they yeah. won that championship. Um, saw how happy he was when they won. Uh, were they able to, to celebrate the Big Ten regular season championship? Yeah. And yeah. And I think he's his journey from, and he brings this up all the time that he was ranked whatever 457th or whatever it was yeah. to to now he's a unanimous national player of the year is something amazing that, story. Yeah, it's something that I think when when he has a chance, whether it's now or five years from now, when he has a chance to really look back on it and reflect on it, will something he he should be very proud of. Uh, he should be proud of it today, but also. Yeah when you, when you get out of the moment a little bit and, you know, he, he, he had said when he won big 10 player of the year, he had just had to kind of take some time to, to think about where he'd come from. And now that you've added all these national player of the year honors to your resume, it's, it's kind of the same thing. I'm not saying he's used to it, but 
you know, I think he's handled everything really well. Uh, he doesn't uh, doesn't seem to go to his head, even in even in even in private moments, even when yeah. the the recorder's not on or he's not being taped for an interview. <laughs> he's still, um, you know, he's still very humble about the whole thing. Um, but it'll be curious to see how if he does come back, how that all plays out again uh, for him. He'll be motivated uh, to maybe do it again, but also I think he'll be more motivated to help the team. You know, try to try to get going in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think it's at least the little I've been around him. It is really the kind of guy he certainly seems to be. Okay, two of the flavor of the months for Purdue basketball. One is Miles Colvin. The other is Cam Heidi. Uh, and and I'm not being flippant, but uh, everybody is looking for that athleticism or whatever Purdue is missing this year in the final in the final game. You know, that's uh, you can debate that all you want. You've watched Heidi play. He said you've been to a couple of spring workouts. Uh, what do you like about him, and what you know, and to, and a little bit about his personality in terms of, you know, he's obviously going to have an opportunity to play some next year and may play a huge role. We don't know, and certainly Colvin, Miles Colvin, you know, not that they're necessarily going to play the same spot. But my point is, what what uh, what 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 should we should folks glean from um, what you see in his ability? Well, I think both guys give uh, the coaching staff a lot of flexibility to put them in different spots. They're not necessarily a a two, a three, or a four. I mean, right. they can they can do all that. I think, and Heidi could be a rare player where he could be a bit of a stretch four uh, because of his athletic ability. And I think people have seen it. Just he loves to dunk. I mean, he just yeah. he just loves to dunk, and he's very good at it. Yes, he uh, is. <laughs> But can he do it in a game with, you know, surrounded by five people? Uh, but yeah, the, the flexibility that Painter will have with the lineups, being able to mix and match and do some different things with both those guys uh, will be really interesting to watch because uh, they can play multiple spots. They can do different things. And they do bring probably a, a level of athleticism that, you know, this team did not have. But it's not all about offense. It, it's really – you know, in the addition of the, you know, the guy from Southern Illinois, you know, you know, it's, it's more, it's, to me, it's more about defense, being able to stop dribble penetration, being able to uh, keep people out of the paint, keep guards out of the paint and not let them break, break you down and force them into, you know, mid range jump shots, which is not the most popular thing in the world uh, these days. Uh, you know, Heidi and Colbin will bring that as well. Um uh, and, you know, I think both can be really good shooters. Uh, they give them another three-point element that, you know, which is a big part of what Purdue does. Uh, so they'll get their opportunities. I, I really I, I really do think they'll get their opportunities to kind of see where they – see where they stand, see, you know, what they can do. And they're going to be able to move them around a little bit. They're, they're bigger bodies, which should help from a – breaking the press standpoint uh, as far as going over the top a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the one thing you don't really see or, or, or can really tell, especially watching a spring workout or yeah. uh, watching Miles Colvin in a dunk competition, <laughs> is just the ball handling part. You know, yeah. are they going to be strong enough in the ball handling part? Which, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know that right now. And I think as time goes on, we'll learn that. But and they add that element also to to to, to next year's team and you know how, how the makeup's gonna be there. 
Yeah, gonna be an interesting storyline to watch. Okay, Gene Katie, uh, also down in Houston, gets uh, an opportunity to go into the Hall of Fame, the the Naismith Hall of Fame, and that's it's a pretty big deal to say the least. It, you can debate whether it's been too long uh, or wasn't. I was never sure he was going to get in, uh, uh, just because of the way things work from time to time. Uh, still, pretty hard to argue against. Not that anybody is really doing that, but about his lifetime commitment to basketball. I mean, it's almost a lifetime achievement award just because high school, junior college, assistant coach, uh, low mid-major to to Purdue to USA basketball. I mean, is that how do you how do you put it into context to, in terms of that ability for him to 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 be named to that prestigious uh, elite unit? I mean, he's, he certainly put the time in. And yeah. you know, he's you know, he's old school from the standpoint of how you know where it started. Started at the high school level, then you move to junior college, and then you keep you can you just kind of keep moving up. Where today, coaches they start, you know, they start almost automatically on the bench of a of a power five program. No, mm -hmm. there's no, uh, no just, you know progression there. Uh, but you know, Gene, like a lot of others in his era, did it the hard way as far as. You know, going through all, he, he could have stayed at the high school level for as long as he wanted. He could have stayed at the junior college level as long as he wanted. He could have been a lifelong assistant if he wanted to. But, you know, it, it worked out to him, you know, for him to, to get those breaks and know the right people and move up the chain. And, you know, obviously getting to Western Kentucky and then the Purdue job opening up. And I, I, I asked him in Houston, I said, why were you, you know, why did you take the Purdue job? <laughs> because, you know, Bob Knight is rolling in Indiana. I know Purdue was coming off its final four, but, you know, Indiana was still the team. He goes, well, I met Bob Knight and I really liked him. And he did things the right way. And I felt like we could get along and do things the right way. Well, they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They did. They did. I mean, it was a rivalry. It was intense. Both wanted to beat each other. But I think they, I think from the get go, they shared a high level of respect for each other no doubt. based on how they were doing it. And Gene respected, you know, Bob Knight for the, what, how he did it. I think Bob respected Gene for how he did it. And it just kind of meshed and came together really well to, uh, for, to have that kind of theater for as long as, as long as we did, uh, not only in the Big Ten, but nationally. And that was always enjoyable uh, to watch. But for Gene, I mean, it is a, it is a lifetime achievement award. Uh, because of the, all the steps he's had to take to uh, to get here, and he's you know he he could have stayed with football and yeah. you know, <laughs> it'd have been a good one. I he's, think he's probably rough and tumble enough to be a football coach and be a successful football yeah, coach. I think he would have been a great one. But yeah. he he applied all that to basketball and worked really hard and uh, had a great staff around him all those years, and um, it was just. You know, it was it was it was good to finally see him get in the Hall of Fame because you didn't, you know, he he was missing that one piece that kind of automatically gets you in there, and that's a Final Four. But uh, the fact that someone brought someone brought this up to me that he had won uh, National Coach of the Year so many times, which tells you the you know the nation was paying attention to what he was doing, not just the Big Ten. I mean, it's one thing to win yeah. Big Ten Coach of the Year, but to yeah. win National. National Coach of the Year that many times tells you that the nation was paying attention to what was going on. And, you know, eventually he would have, I think he would have gotten in the Hall of Fame, but it's it's great it's happening now. It's great that, 
you know, that he'll be uh, with the group that he's in, that he's in with. And, uh, it, you know, it should be a moment that is truly celebrated by uh, not only Gene's friends and everybody that knows him, but uh, the Purdue basketball community in general. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it'll be a, a moment that coaches, maybe some of the older school coaches will celebrate just because, yeah, he did, you know, he didn't get to the final four, whatever that means, uh, which means, means there aren't many that, you know, John Chaney was the other one, right. And there's that, that, that didn't, that didn't, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think coaches that love coaching and love basketball and most of them that do it at this level have that affinity for the game, obviously that it'll, it'll mean a lot to them. Uh, and, and, um, it certainly is going to mean a lot to, to Purdue people for the long haul, because it's a very unique, uh, very great opportunity. You think about, is it stretch Murphy and John Wooden and Gene Katie, <laughs> that would be it from Purdue in the Naismith hall of fame and Purdue, uh, some Purdue fans may not realize it. Purdue has a pretty good basketball tradition. It's uh, uh, may not be quite a blue blood, but it's uh, certainly has had its share of wins over the years. So that part is true. All right, last question. I didn't. I didn't tell you I was going to ask about Katie Gerald's and and the fact uh, no one knows Purdue women's basketball better than you and the way uh, she got some big news this week. And what does that say about her? The two transfers from Maryland. And then also, um, you know, it's going to be South, Best, South Bend, Washington, Southwest <laughs> here, right? And, right? and West Lafayette. Uh, uh, but uh, just talk about that, the progress. And was there any surprise there? Or was this a was this as big a get as it seems? Because it seems to me like this could put Purdue, uh, if not next year, but sooner than later, uh, at, a, at, a, at an ability to compete against some of the very better, the better schools in the league, which the league is pretty good as we know. Yeah. I mean, South Bend Washington's had one of the better programs in the state uh, over the last few years. And they've got uh, Rashonda, you know, Jones coming in from there. Right. And now you've added uh, Mila Reynolds and Amaya Reynolds. Uh, there's another Reynolds. Yeah. who's a really good one I hear, <laughs> yeah, right? So. Really, really good. Uh, they've got a, they've got a brother that's pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's a, it's a deep family with basketball, but it's, it's something that, at least with Amaya Reynolds, that Katie laid the groundwork when she first got here. You know, Amaya was pretty much set to go to Maryland because her sister was there, and Maryland's pretty far, far down the road with her. But Katie kept kind of recruiting her, knowing she wasn't going to get her right now. But on the on the chance that she got to Maryland, wanted to come back home, had you know an opportunity, you know that door was always going to be open for them. Uh, to to come back and this can this can kind of speed up the uh, progress of the program a little bit because you've added two talented players. Now the question is, Amaya is coming off a foot injury. Yeah, I don't know for sure what her status is going to be this year. It's it's it was a pretty bad foot injury. I know she's out of the Indiana All Star game. Her dad right. her, her dad has said that he's probably looking at redshirting this year, but we don't know that for sure yet. But she's She's a very talented player. She she would give Purdue something they don't have right now and maybe hopefully open the door for other players to get here as well. But And uh, Mila adds some size that they don't have. They need to be a better rebounding team. Uh, but it's just it, it's a big lift for them uh, because they, you know, they took a step this year by getting in the tournament. Now, if you can get both of those players healthy and ready to go next year, that's going to maybe help you take another step next year, at least moving up in the Big Ten. 
getting out of the play-in game in the NCAA tournament and, and, and going from there. And then, you know, hopefully keep your recruiting going at a, at a pretty high level to, to kind of get this roster back to where it's a annual contender for the Big Ten and, you know, making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So it's significant um, because they needed – I just felt like they needed a jolt like that to, to get things – to keep things going in the direction that they're they're going right now. Well, and when, and you know one thing you know with Ryan Walters and Katie Gerald, not exactly the same age, but close. I think they're within a year or so of each other, or two. But um, that niche of you know when you're making a transition from from what what has happened, the wonderful world of the transfer portal, which both Walters and Gerald. Mm-hmm. Have, have used and will continue to use and might be their ticket to to respectability in a hurry we'll find out in football certainly that there's some work to be done there but uh uh seems to be well suited from a personality standpoint katie is to to be a place where kids may want to play and may want to be able to make that quick transition you've known her for a long time as a player and as a as a coach is that a fair assessment of what you know what she's bringing to the table? She is she a player's coach at this age, and will that make her just all the more attractive uh, from a from a, somebody that's considering Purdue as a a future destination? Well, what makes her attra- attractive is if your team's winning. Yeah, yeah, make, <laughs> good point. That, <laughs> that'll, that'll make it attractive, and also I think the changes that they made on the coaching staff yes. this year uh, is. I think will benefit them not only in the short term, but in the long term. Uh, you're bringing back, you know, Kelly Camara, who's, you know, uh, has legendary status uh, in the program and in the eyes of the women's basketball community here locally. And then, uh, you know, Mark Stevens is a well-known AU coach from a few years back, you know, worked at Xavier and, uh, and Toledo and knows that, that landscape very well. Not that, Katie doesn't know it, but it, it doesn't hurt to have somebody like that uh, in your program as well. So I think those changes, along with the additions that they have, and they're, they're probably going to add at least one more player uh, in the portal uh, to, to help, um, should set them up, uh, assuming that they can get some players healthy, uh, should set them up to, to, again, take another step uh, next year. Uh, you know, this is still going to be a long process. Yeah. For them to, to get back, not only based on where they were, but also based on where everybody else is at in the Big Ten. And they're using the portal just like Purdue's using the portal. And you've got to you've got to keep up. I think there's still a desire to do it, the, some of it the traditional way as far as high school recruiting and building your program that way. You know, and Matt has continues to do that, but also knowing when he needs a piece from the portal or some other place to to kind of help round out his roster. And I would, I, I think Katie will try to follow a similar plan uh, over the, over the long term. but if you can get an opportunity to bring some players in, then you, you've got to do it and you've, you've got to win. And I think players in the portal nowadays are looking a to play, but also they're looking for winning situations. Purdue probably missed out on the women's program, probably missed out on a couple players last year in the portal that were from Indiana only because that, they were not ready to win. They were yeah. not in that position as compared to some other teams that they were considering. And so if you can show that you're ready to win, ready to compete for championships, I think that will that will help down the road. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, interesting time frame just because uh, talent is coming to West Lafayette. Uh, 
uh, on on the women's side, and that's going to that uh, will make for interesting winters here, to say the least. All right, Mike, thanks so much for your expertise. See, you did provide it; that was good, uh, <laughs> and uh, and we appreciate that. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to make a little transition ourselves to Tom Deanhart, talk some spring football and the culmination of Purdue's uh, Ryan Walters' first spring at uh, in West Lafayette, and we'll hear what Tom has to say shortly. Tom Deanhart joins us on Saturday simulcast. And uh, Tom, uh, the last spring practice, you think about what a year it's been, been in football from the fall till now. And now uh, we're going to have a little bit of a respite in terms of at least being able to be around the program, uh, but uh, uh, only in there for four periods today. So probably not a whole lot to see, but a lot of, a lot of visitors and all those kinds of things. Just any, you know, Ryan Walters talked, Hudson Card talked, Nick Carraway, et cetera. We've got those videos on the site as well. But uh, hard to glean a whole lot from that. But anything that you take from those guys, they're all kind of looking ahead uh, because uh, that's kind of what you do in spring yeah. ball. Yeah, you know, um, they had a scrimmage today. It was inside Mollenkopf. Lasted less than uh, less than two hours. There were a lot of recruits there, Alan. I mean, the sidelines were packed. A lot of parents were there as well. And yeah, I sort of chronicled on Friday, I think, the key recruiting visitors that were going to be here. And um, yeah, I have a pretty nice list of guys. And also, Alan, portal, portal targets yeah. here too. And that's that's really intriguing. And I sort of break down who was uh who was in town from the portal to visit Purdue this weekend. Some very interesting guys, an SEC player, uh, future Big 12 player, a player from out West, and a Big 10 player were among the visitors. And they had a wide receiver as well from Conference USA in this week. So, yeah, that's what's going to be interesting, Alan. Yeah. I asked Walters, you know, what's next? Of course, he mentioned recruiting, 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 you know. Continuing to evaluate the 2024 and 2025 high school kids and then the portal. And I asked him, how much different you think this roster is going to look from now to the point when you get on the field in August? And he goes, you know, potentially a lot different. So we, we all expect that. And let me just say it's going to be a pretty interesting couple of weeks coming up here. Yeah, of course, the portal closes up, what, eight days from today. Is that right? Mm -hmm. April 30th. and do you think there's anything to the notion that the ones that might be jumping in from Purdue haven't done so just because they wanted to wait till the end of spring ball? I mean, how do you how do you view that? Yeah, I mean, just they've still got time to jump in the portal. April yeah. 30th, it closes. And the key is just to get in the portal. Once you're in the portal, then you can transfer. So they got plenty of they got a few more days here. And yeah, I think they wanted to get through the totality of spring football. Uh, and Ryan Walter said, you know, they're going to start having their exit interviews next week. Right. So there you go, Alan. They're going to start having the one-on-ones. They're going to call you into the office. Alan Carpick, we want to see you. And <laughs> they're going to talk to you about, you know, I'm sure whatever your plans are, what they think of you. And I think at that point, we could see some Boilermakers enter the portal and just a lot of speculation, Alan, on who those players could be, how many of those players could be, which is what's interesting. Eight players, nine, ten, more? Yeah. I don't know, Alan, but I keep a running scholarship 
distribution chart on on the website on the message board is pinned. I think it's pretty accurate. Yeah. And as it stands right now, they're they're awfully tight, if not over a couple of scholarships right now. So they they, they got to try to figure out and manage this thing because we do know too, Alan. They want to bring in more players. So yeah. they, they they got plenty of time to get this sorted out all the way up till August. We could see this roster fluctuate throughout the summer too. Yeah, that my seven one forty time is just not going to bode well for my my career nor my age. Bring the playbook. Bring the yeah. playbook. Yeah, but I, I did. I thought Walters, and again, you're standing next to him. I was not. I was watching his video. Uh, clear that, yeah, he he's not winking, but he's clear that, yeah, I, I think it's going to look a heck of a lot different. I, I think he's got some. He's got uh, 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 you know big big eyes on what what was next. He seems to not be uh, flummoxed by it all. It's just uh, kind of the way you know. Maybe that's the thing we talked about when they hired uh, Ryan back in December, and that is he is a guy that that uh, all this flux, you know, would drive old co- older coaches, I think, nuts. Mm-hmm. Seem to, I mean, the fact that he doesn't even have, he may not have, who, who knows? I, you know, we could do a we could do an over under of how many guys uh, that we don't even have on the roster now might be starters by September the 2nd or whenever the season opener is. So that's the, that you're the same impression with him that he's not being coy. He's just being, he's just said, I'm really not sure exactly how it's all going to play out, but we're going to be aggressive. Yeah. You got to be flex flexible. I think maybe it was even at his introductory press conference. He alluded to, to, uh, you know, this, this new uh, normal college football, isn't foreign to him. Uh, he's a young guy. He's 37. He's not like me and you, Alan, where we're <laughs> ways. We still had our 105 scholarship guys and, and uh, football was college sports was in a nice little box for us. Yeah. Totally different now. And you got to embrace it, you know, change or perish. We all know that, yeah. that phrase. And, and Ryan Walters, uh, you know, he's embraced the new order age of, of college sports football in particular embraces the portal, embraces NIL opportunities. He gets it. Uh, he wants to get talent here, Alan. I think he's. I think he almost hinted today talking to him. He said uh, if, uh, to the point where if we, if we get the players we think we're going to get. Yeah. Now, I, I gives you the sense he's in on some pretty nice portal guys. And the names that I've mentioned on the message board, I'm sure people have gone and checked them out. Those are some pretty nice prospects that have their boots on the ground at West Lafayette. It took the time to visit West Lafayette. That's how much they think of Ryan Walters and Purdue. So I get the feeling that they, they could score some pretty nice little uh, guys out of the portal here, Alan. It's going to be fun to watch that in coming days, how, how that all unfolds. And who does end up a Boilermaker here out of the portal? Now, you mentioned I think Deion Burks is a little bit dinged up. It doesn't seem like, again, you're counting guys and looking at guys just in the first periods. Looks like they got through the practice. He said, what did, what was I can't remember. Yeah, relatively it? healthy. It was relatively, relatively healthy. healthy. And, um, I guess that's yeah. about all you can hope for. I had had a couple people tell me that, yeah, Dion sort of went down hard and was on the field for five or ten minutes. And everybody took a knee and it got kind of hushed in there. They turned the music off. And then I was told he got up and walked off on his own power. So, And, again, that, that was from multiple people. So, yeah, ALK, I think, I think the total spring, Alan, I wasn't aware of any attrition injury wise. Um, there was obviously some, so many key guys out all spring. And I chronicled those guys time and again. 
during the course of spring football. And uh, so, again, that just sort of clouds the picture more. The practices and the time that we did see really large, largely missed was missing a lot of the key players. And we talked about guys from the Porter aren't even here yet. Yeah. So what we just watched, Alan, I'm not sure how much it was all really worth, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, because of, again, so many of the key veterans, talking about Gus Hartwig, Brock Thompson, you know, Garrett Miller, Kydrin Jenkins, Scotty Humpage, you know, Prince Boyd. Uh, you can go on and on. There are, there are a litany of key players who didn't even take part in spring practice. And again, the guys are still going to get here from the portal. So again, this team's going to look a lot different once they line up in August for camp and get ready for Fresno State on September 2nd. Uh, he did mention, again, I'm just looking for mentions here. He mentioned Brady Allen or uh, the backup quarterback situation. Uh, didn't really say a lot necessarily about what you see. Any sense there on, you know, Hudson Card is firmly entrenched. That's clear. Yeah. Uh, he, he's probably one of the top uh, portable guys around the country. And we're going to see if he, every from all indications, uh, he's, he's going to be the real deal. But uh, again, uh, any, any, any feeling for that backup position to Brady Allen make some strides in any, any way of knowing at this point? I don't think it's a real good way of knowing, you know, I think Ryan Walters, you know, paraphrasing said he's basically like it was still a work in progress. Yeah. Not a big shock there. And then behind him is the true freshman, Ryan Brown. Yeah. Those are three scholarship quarterbacks, Card, Brady Allen and Ryan Brown. And uh, yeah. And uh, Allen, I, I, I feel confident saying that Purdue is looking for a quarterback in the portal. Yeah, and I think anybody that watches football, knows football, would would think that would be a prudent thing. Nothing against Brady Allen. Yeah. Nothing against Ryan Brown. I just think if I'm the head coach of this team, I would feel a heck of a lot better, Allen, if I knew my number two quarterback was had more of some veteran chops to him. And uh, so we'll see where that lands. We'll see where all that lands. We'll see if they can talk somebody out of the portal to come here and be a backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned there. And Alan, if they do bring in a portal quarterback, will that upset anybody yeah. on the roster now? I don't know. So yeah. my point is there's still a lot of things to play out here uh, over these next coming weeks and months. Yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be a big part of the, the storyline. Already talked also about obviously this is dead week, I think, on campus finals next the following week. Uh, mentioned the need for obviously attention to detail there by uh, the players on this football team. But uh, what's next for you know that 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 summer calendar? They come back second week of June for, yeah. for summer school. A lot of kids will take all of them will I think take some classes. Um, just about all of them, I should say. Um, anything else on the upcoming calendar that uh, uh, folks should watch for outside of that portal? Yeah. Portal. Sounds like they're going to be off for most of May. Guys are get a chance to go home for a couple of weeks here and then back at it for at least eight weeks of training with uh, with Kiro Small, Coach Rowe, yeah. and then into training camp. So there you go. That's that's sort of what's up for the players and for the staff. Again, Alan, in May, they can uh, they can go on the road and recruit. Yeah. And the staff will start heading out here, and they can't talk to recruits on the road, but they can, can go watch them play a spring football game. They can go watch them run track. They can go talk to coaches. So you'll see Purdue football coaches on the road in May um, continuing to look at 2024 
in 2025 town as well. And then of course, portal recruiting too. Yeah. It's that, that's been going on and will continue to go on. So that's sort of what's next for the staff and the players. Yeah, man, it's a, uh, strange not having a spring game, but I understand, you know, and Ryan, Ryan Walter seemed to be very, very pleased with the way spring ball in, in summation. Sure. He's going to say that, but I think he's, I think he's, uh, opt- he seems like an optimistic guy and also optimistic about the way things go. So any great last words of wisdom of encapsulating, if you're going to cap encapsulate this, what you've done uh, on the site, but uh, give me a, a, a verbal paragraph of what spring football meant at the end of the day. I think, I think it was a, a get to know you time. Yeah. You know, more than anything, that was it. Uh, you know, they got a good eight weeks or so together in January and February. They, they lifted weights and they did some informal things in, in shorts and T-shirts. But this was a chance to spend five weeks actually doing football things and football gear on football fields. So they, they got a better sense of their personnel, I'm sure, who can do what, maybe amplify what their needs are positionally even more, what, the, what they know is a strength. So I think that was the biggest thing. And my sense with Ryan Walters, too, was it was a chance for the staff and the players sort of, again, get to know each other uh, on the field and, and a chance for the staff to assess the strengths of their roster. Yeah, an absolute must is you're making that first step uh, into uh, the first foray into the 2023 football season. No one wishes the summers away in in in, in the Midwest, but uh, it will be September 2nd before, and it will be August 1st before long, and uh, we'll be right back at it from a, from a coverage standpoint, too. So we'll be doing a lot to cover in, in between. Tom, thanks so much for everything. Yeah. Great stuff throughout the spring. Uh, you made chicken salad out of whatever chicken you got, and uh, that's good, and uh, and it's going to be an interesting, really interesting next few weeks. Yeah. And yeah, keep, we'll, we'll keep our eye on the portal, Alan, and then, of course, in June, camps. You know, a lot of high school kids commit. Uh, Purdue's going to have their camps over here, too, so – yeah, and they have six commitments already for the 2024 class. They got one Friday from Jesse Watson, a diminutive wide receiver from East St. Louis. So you'll see maybe see a couple of the high school kids pop here as well. Um, yeah. And um, I was trying to think, Al, when was the last time Purdue had a player from East St. Louis, Illinois? Boy, outside of Conzo Martin, Martin in basketball, I'm trying to think of one of the last football players they've had. From down there, Arlie Connors and those guys. I think maybe back in yeah, that, that year. I, I, he might have been a St. Louis, Louis guy, though, right? Yeah, I, I doze your Arlie Connors, um, and David David Cohen, the big offensive lineman. Was, yeah, was from West St. Louis County. So, yeah, Ian Stanback was an East St. Louis guy yeah. too. Remember? So, yeah, I mean, football wise, boy, I I can never remember Purdue tapping into that 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 talent vein in East St. Louis, that traditional crowd powerhouse East St. Louis flyer program. I mean, Corey, Corey Patterson, yeah. wide receivers coach, credit him. He's the guy with all his tentacles in Illinois, especially that St. Louis area. They're probably not done, Alan, being able to pull some, some nice players out of that region. Yeah. Uh, again, new staff, new opportunities, and uh, we're watching that unfold as we speak. All right. Uh, we want to thank everybody. Thank the Union Club Hotel, the 811 Bistro, uh, Tom gets to have a smile on his face because at least it's 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 he's made it through another spring football and, and done a great job doing that. Thank again uh, also Vicki Wicks and and Otis White and the folks at the 
uh, Union Club Hotel. We appreciate them. So more to come from this, more Portal Talk. We'll be back. I probably have a show next week. I'm not sure we're going to be every week throughout the summer, but we'll be. A, there'll be news going on. So we'll be hitting this. Uh, you, we all know you can't live without uh, Saturday simulcast. Get, get people working out the gym. We got their podcast uh, and on, and they're, they're, they're listening to us. So I guess that's a good thing. So, all right. Hey, Tom, thanks again. And we will... Uh, look forward to more, uh, much more of this here in the weeks to come. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.